there's also the thing with the races, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Araki suddenly randomly is like, oh, right, racial diversity. Yeah, he's like, I want to talk about ethnic diversity. Here's for an a Egyptian. Second. Here's a Bedouin. Here's a Nubian. Here's They're an, all hunks. Here's an Indian guy who has nothing to do with any of this. The Indian guy's not a hunk. He's just a shriveled old man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> racial diversity. Add, add him to the list of ugly characters. Ugly characters in Jojo. I'm going to record that song one day. Oh, God. I'm going to do it. There's... I, there are so many things I want supercuts of us talking about. So, so there's a there's a great video one of my favorite things on the internet yeah and one of mine now too by extension it's the um alphabetical list of black people in friends i've seen that yeah and uh and so i sing a version of that but for ugly men and jojos just to make fun of me yeah basically (laughs) well look our ugly men and jojos list is only growing every day yep oh and i'm adding to i'm adding verses to the song it is (laughs) one day i'm going to record this Um, you make one stupid comment around your friends and it happens to be recorded <laughs> they will never let it go <laughs> <laughs> there are ugly men in JoJo's apparently did you know? yes did you know I know that now <laughs> there are I'm... like at least 60 of them I'm sorry <laughs> about a lot of things um, but definitely that. for example this podcast <laughs> Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Courtney Stim. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. And I'm Darius Kazami. Today, we are going to talk to you about a horny sword and or, its death. We're going to talk to you about conspiracy theories and how stands are. Okay, I've been watching a lot of the X Files. <laughs> oh, so that's why. But that being said, this whole episode is about the fact that Anubis's origin story is that. He, they, Anubis, was like a normal stand that was kind of attached to a sword, but like attached to the sword of a particular swords person. Like there was a user who made the, the sword. Blacksmith. Yeah, yeah right, there was right, the right, bla- right. That's Thank the you. <laughs> Thank you, Darius. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone knows things. <laughs> Corny and I are just like <laughs> a sharp maker <laughs> person, a, a sword haver of some yes. kind, Stor- a sword generator. The, yeah. the, 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 the stab bringer. Yeah, there yeah. was a person and he was somehow related to a sword. <laughs> Had a relationship with swords generally yeah. and commercially somehow. <laughs> so a blacksmith made a sword that Anubis like was linked to. Um, but then when the blacksmith died, Anubis was just like left to wander the earth. In a sword. In a sword. And ended up in a museum, blah, blah, blah. Dio finds him because Dio goes into museums just grabbing every sword. Okay, so so let's just back up a second. Dio Brando, museum goer, right? But only but only on the third Thursday of the month when they're open late night. Yes, oh, yeah, obviously for, for the youth. So also, he only goes to sword museums. Yeah, so he's a big fan, probably of the Victoria and Albert Friday Late. That's right. Yeah, like, he really likes. He probably to go to... actually goes to any museum with like long dick shaped things that he can grab. I mean, yeah. Dio probably just goes to anything that's open after sunset. Like, there's he not that much, right? Stuff. Yeah, and he does have a lot of stolen treasures. Yeah, yeah, probably stole them from. Museums. He loves museums. So yeah, so Dio liberates Anubis from his museum prison. Sure. Uh, which, and then also terrifies Anubis. Anubis is like, well, I swore loyalty to him because he saved my ass, and also I could never defeat him. I feel like that's kind of. That's the boilerplate Dio experience. Right. The point is that Anubis was originally a normal stand. Right. 
So that got abandoned, but was also linked to an object in a way that not a lot of normal stands are linked to objects. So, there are object stands, and Nubus is one of them. But so does it mean that like, but so so my question before I start answering my question, yeah, is what are the implications of this for stands, generally speaking? Like, right. when a user dies, what happens to the stand? So far, we've been operating under the assumption that the stand also dies. Well, because right. that's how they usually win fights. By killing the stand? By killing, by the, killing user. the user. Yeah. But, so, but does the so stand happened, just become like a ghost? Right. Does the stand have some sort of like time limit before I think, it can possess another person? I think if the stand is tied to an object, there might be some flexibility here. What about judgment? Yeah, Good question. Um, Araki forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not it an doesn't answer. Really... Well, <laughs> no, well like, and like, because... who's the user of the radio tower in part four? Oh, fuck. I don't well, remember. Right. So someone, ev- maybe someone originally was, and then that person died. Right. And then it became it like, like, like a haunted the, like tower. Like the, the engineer who designed yeah. the tower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like... So occasionally you just get these haunted objects. Yeah. Also, I mean, what do they do with that lamp after they defeat Cameo? I don't know because they we just like just watched this and about, I can't remember. They stopped caring about that whole storyline like immediately. Like remember when Polnareff like wasn't hurt at all? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so yeah. they were actually just like, who cares? <laughs> so yeah. So if so, maybe that lamp is still laying yeah, around and somewhere. It's haunted by by, by justice, yeah, judgment, judgment. But it's also but also like the dudes out of commission. So like it's yeah. But it makes no sense. That, like, this may someone, surprise you. If somebody found that lamp. Maybe judgment I feel would like, haunt them. I feel like the lamp was. Oh, isn't he the one that they just pee in his mouth? Yeah. So he's not dead. Yeah, but he's he's but definitely he like dead. too afraid to like but, pull so, anything. But what anymore. if he? But when what he if die, they had what killed if he him? dies of old age? So when he does die eventually, I mean, we all yeah. we all eventually die. Spoiler so, alert. Except so, for Dio, right? So, but so eventually, cameo will die, and so yeah, what happens to that lamp someday? Right. I f- I felt like the lamp was just uh, an illusion created by judgment. So, like, so only stand users can see the lamp. It's like an artifice we, It's true. Thing. We don't know that other people can see the lamp. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard to confirm that one. So, we're back to Anubis just Anubis having... is fucking weird. It's a weird <laughs> but, stand. But I feel like he is weird, but, like, we who made beer out of Santana should be able to figure <laughs> out how he fits into the overall mythology of Look, this. Look, beer out of Santana is probably canon. All right. <laughs> yeah. but Rocky intended. <laughs> right. When he forgot about Santana, he was sending us like brainwave beams being Obviously. like, I hope somebody realizes. <laughs> and picks up all of these cues and secrets. That I like. No. Goes yes. down smooth. <laughs> Every time. Oh, Jesus God. Christ. We were talking earlier like, how was Anubis defeated by Dio's stand? For those of you who know what Dio's stand is, and, and or, my or no, yeah, and, and like how was or why didn't why didn't Anubis possess Dio? Right, yeah, and oh, and so I think on the possession side, uh, maybe the only, it does it only works on humans. Dio's mm, not a human. That's a good point. Right, I'll go and with then, it. And then also, I won't go with it, but it's a good point. Also, Anubis's <laughs> power is cutting things, and Dio is a vampire. Like Dio was literally decapitated and was didn't fine. Didn't die. Yeah. So yeah. well, he wasn't fine, but he did. But he did survive. So, well, so there are two options in my head. One is Anubis tried to possess Dio, but like Dio's pure power, like kicked him out. Like that one scene in Devil Man Crybaby. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Where like the heat kicks the water demon out of his body. Right. Or Anubis just saw Dio and was like, "You're so large, powerful, beautiful, and deep. Whatever, deep. Yeah. There's that. Like, I just want to work for you. <laughs> so." 
throw me somewhere in the desert, I guess. Wait for someone to pick me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that... It just seems so weird to me. The sword. That's the thing. You can't flesh butt a sword, so it's like. Do do we know that for sure? I mean, I guess the sword could be made of really sharp flesh. (laughs) No. Well, no, like, um, like, uh, just like cars with his sharp blades. That's really sharp flesh. We have precedent. Do do we think that Dio could flesh butt cars in his no heightened god state? No, I don't think cars. Can't believe we found. Wait, but this is like this new theory. Now cars and Anubis are like really related because they also <laughs> end in the same. They do. Letter they come to the S. same end. Oh, that too. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> On a Scrabble board. On a Scrabble board. Yeah. No, play them. Um, they come to the same. Yeah. Yeah. Anubis gets. End. Yes. Anubis gets cars. Uh, yeah. He's he's just left to to be a float alone in the void, except his void is the Nile River. Yeah, like jump, if we're just going to jump to the very end, I yeah. really, really like that he's not even just like a possessed sword. It's like so sentient, it has anxiety and like yeah. fucks up and manages. It's like, oh, I was so distracted that I was like, faced oh, thank God, wall. a wall. That'll stop me. And then he's like, oh no, I forgot not to use my power to face through the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so hilarious. Funny. And I, I, I mean, I just love how, so how he goes from extreme menacing immediately to comedic foil. Yes. Like as soon as Jotaro defeats him. Uh, let's, let's talk about Jotaro defeating him. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I feel like we're going so backwards, but I'm, I, I want to talk about that scene so badly. Episode. I don't even know how to talk about that. Well, I'm just like, it's there. Well, okay. And if you, if you can't, like, what is there so to say? So let's talk about the part one throwbacks, because there's okay. two here. There's two yeah. callbacks to part one. And the first one is when they say, you know, the more we hit him, the faster he gets. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say right. part one, you mean phantom blood, not part one of this episode. Yeah, yeah I mean, blood. I mean, phantom yeah. blood. Yeah. So they say the more we hit him. The faster he the gets. The faster he gets, which is just you like Jonathan, the more you, the stronger he gets. The more you defeat him, the stronger he gets. Yeah. Yep. And then there's also the part where Anubis or Polnareff Anubis stabs Jotaro and Jotaro like uses the fact that he's been stabbed against the stabber yeah. uh, in a sim, like not the same way, but like we remember that from when Dio stabs Jonathan and Jonathan like uses the fire behind him to like heat something something i don't know yeah <laughs> well also there's the whole like when they they have the fight in back in phantom blood the the fight in the mansion where jonathan like i think dio uses like a statue's lance to like stab jonathan yeah, in the, the shoulder the yeah, statue in, the, mm-hmm. in the same place and he's right. got it in his shoulder and, and for jonathan, like and doesn't, episodes, yeah. well and doesn't jonathan headbutt dio too I like probably i don't remember did actually. jotaro headbutt yeah anubis? that's what that's yeah how, yeah anubis that's his, was like ah you headbutted me and to use it again the first time reverse when he what the hell was i doing today <laughs> 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 like somehow this episode these episodes just don't stick with me even when i'm watching them yeah i know it's okay yeah so so um, there's a lot of callbacks to to phantom blood yeah. in this episode and um why no fucking idea Araki but it's great. Fan- Araki had just watched Phantom Blood again. <laughs> he was like, this he was is like, great. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. It was way better than this shitty art. Um, but <laughs> there was no, I killed the dog off early. That was a good move. <laughs> Even when there was a dog, it didn't have a fucked up human face. Yeah. Another great editorial choice on my part. <laughs> so Anubis has been cut in half at this point because Jotaro actually like caught the blade and snapped it 
in half, right. which you'd think would snap Anubis in half, but I guess Anubis doesn't isn't the sword. This is a special type. He's stand. so special and weird. He, he's an Anubis class stand. <laughs> So um, Polnareff slash Anubis is like dual wielding at Jotaro, which I, by the way, again, if you subscribe to my theory of, or to my habit of looking at all stand battles and imagining what they're like <laughs> as a as a regular spectator, this is just Polnareff walking towards Jotaro with a floating sword in front of him spinning around and they're both looking at each other very intensely. Yeah. That's which, what this fight looks like. Yeah, if you're Also just... stands stack. Now we know. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't have more than one stand, but you can be possessed by a stand while you if have a stand. If it's Anubis type, if it's Anubis type, yeah, right, yeah, of which there is only one. So Polnareff uses the like half sword, stabs Jotaro right in the vagina bones. Yes, that's right, where. Yes, it is. right in the we vagina were, bones. Yep. We were worried about exactly the location of it. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the anatomical word for where. Yeah. Where he's stabbed, and I don't know, Courtney. Do you, there's a lot of interesting language in this part. I mean, it's, it's just really horny, and it's a metaphor for sex between men. I don't know, but it's very like very openly that. Yeah, yeah. I, like it's it's not even like it's not subtle even a little. Yeah, bit. it's like, do you want to stick it in further? Like <laughs> uh, you're gonna tear up my insides. Like yeah. you know, it's pretty graphic. If yeah. from both from both a, a, a surface level people fighting each other and the subtextual the, yeah, the textual uh, <laughs> yeah. sex habit. It's part. like subtextual is so close to the text that yeah. you can like see it. Right <laughs> yeah, through, it's like, like an like onion a... skin yeah, layer exactly. of subtext. Saran wrap. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just and then Jotaro punches his dick into a lot of pieces. I don't know. It's real. Like <laughs> it's like it's that kind of. And like it's uh, it's not queer baiting because I don't think it's like oh we're doing this to like entice queer viewers into watching this no. program. Right. It's just a weird. It's it's that weird like a rocky working shit out. Right. Yeah. It's just a rocky. And it's putting... like, do you see yourself? Probably not. I think um, he does. I don't know. I don't. It's like it's not even it. Like it. I lose interest once it, it becomes this thin of a veil because I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I th- very obvious. Got it. But I mean, I think it becomes this thin of a bit. I mean, this is like, I mean, like later on, like there's aesthetically gay stuff in JoJo's, yeah. which is like, this is a particularly ridiculous scene, but it is just one of many. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, in our next arc, we have all the Avdol Joseph stuff. Right. Yeah. Which is but like, this is like. And also like in like the next arc arc, like Diamond is Unbreakable, like there's the stuff like. Where Josuke is like, I love ball shaped things, like you know. <laughs> but I think this and is like, like, I prefer pure love, not girls. I think like, this uh-huh. is like the. I think we've like sort of hit the peak though for for JoJo as a series of the fights are a metaphor for two men doing it. You know what I mean? Because like they, it starts like you with said, this it, fight and the next fight. Well, yeah, well, we've reached the peak, but then it like there is a plateau that yes. lasts for like literal decades. But I just, I just mean that it, as you said, like it starts to get we start to get more into just sort of like aesthetic queerness of just like, like just getting right. I think that it, I think that it's like, it starts that Jojo gets like that. It's queerness, the tipping point of like, which is aesthetically queer and which is literally queer. Like, I think that it gets more and more literally queer as it goes on Mm -hmm. because like, you can't argue that like any of these arcs are gayer than Bento Oreo, like in terms of like, the literal gay couple right that's what i mean that's why i think we are we're all in agreement here what it is is it's it's less about the fights taking 
the place of right. sex it's less between about men. It, like, sub- right, and it's, right, okay, and it's more about right. right. So right. like, so, so like, like Johnny and sublimation. That's right. What I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, so like, right. Johnny Gyro having a romantic look into each other's eyes is not fighting. That's right. just romance. Yeah, and right, so right, to right. me, it's like yeah. it's like oh, instead of two do, it's like because it still is kind of brutal, and it's like yeah. I'm yeah. not opposed to like hardcore sex. That you know, do what you want, but like. It just it kind of flattens and gets yeah, uninteresting yeah. to me after a certain point because I'm like, yeah, I get it. Well, also there's no like, like with the actual romances that happen, like there's actual like foundation to it. Venta Oreo is all about pairs of men fighting together, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. partnership representing the sex. That's a really it's good not point. about yeah. the opposition. <gasps> that's that's what such I mean. a good point. Yeah, so. yeah. No, so no, no, like, no. You've totally. This is that's really interesting and true. <laughs> so, like, so to me, it's like by part, like part three is like we've hit the pinnacle of like you're a bad guy. I'm a good guy. We're gonna like fuck it out, right? We're, and we've gotten boring. to the pinnacle of enemies. <laughs> yeah, fanfic. Exactly, Whereas but it never goes like we get to a like everyone is like right in pairs. I mean, yeah. this yeah. is I mean, this is this is the whole structure of Stardust Crusaders is Joseph Joltz, Joe Star, old closeted gay, like going on a road trip with young boys, and they're basically hooking up with dudes on Grinder the whole way. Yeah, that is literally what this arc is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's what like, really that actually like makes me that I feel like. This conversation is so good. It's like really opened my eyes to like, <laughs> well, because the fighting against each other as being like sublimated eroticism versus fighting together as being an expression of a relationship is such an interesting dichotomy. And it's so true. Yeah. Um, and it's also like a big difference in like how people sh- like how people ship people. I feel like even thinking about it in those terms is like really like making me think about like all anime, not just JoJo's. It's interesting. Yeah. But like yeah. people are like, oh, the, those characters hate each other. They must be having sex. And I'm just like, but here's this other set of characters who are clearly boyfriends. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> right. And like, and again, like that doesn't necessarily track across everything because like no. there's definitely like shonen anime that I watch where I'm like, no, I want those two to get together even though they might have an antagonist relationship. Well, also but... sometimes it actually is right. like the rivalry actually is about that. Right, but I feel like, like Harry and Draco. I, yeah, <laughs> I I know I, I know for you for that, in particular, yeah. but I, I, like since none of these villains stick around, right? They're all villains right. of the week, and yeah. so it's just it's always so like Anubis. It's like okay, fine, you guys are gonna like talk dirty to each other, and then he's gonna kill you, and then you're never gonna come back, right? Again. As opposed to like Dio Jonathan sure. or or Dio and any Joe Star, yeah. you know, it's right. like Dio. <laughs> Joe Star lineage, right? It's my OTP. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but that's and that's why I make like that like grinder hookup analogy yeah, totally. because it's really about these guys who just like show up and then they're out of your life after. Yeah, after and like a, all in a different city. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. It's like you go here, you look around, you meet up with someone, you yeah. leave. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like so after a while it starts to feel kind of bleak. Yeah. Uh, no, no, totally. To I mean, this this really helps like. I feel like through doing this podcast, I've like discovered why I don't like Stardust Crusaders, but like in a way where I can actually explain it, which is really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I knew I knew I didn't like Stardust Crusaders, but I didn't know why I didn't like it. The thing we really explained was ourselves along the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh, I have a just a weird nitpick. Stands can bleed now. What? Where? Oh, right. Yeah, the sword cuts. Um, Silver Chariot and Silver Chariot's forehead 
starts to bleed. Okay. Very upsetting. I believe you. I like, were you watching the episode? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, this, this arc makes me just like black I, out. I, I get so bored. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I will say that in the, um, in the Heritage for the Future video game, which if you've been watching our streams, is like the really good Stardust Crusaders fighting, Capcom very, fighting game. Very pretty. Very pretty game. Uh, we haven't shown these characters yet because they're uh, we we don't spoil you know beyond where we are when we stream. But you can play Chaka Khan and possessed Polnareff, who's known as Black Polnareff. I do love that that Anubis. I mean, we talked about how Anubis is cars at the end. I do love that his story starts and ends with a cow. Yes. Uh, it's not the same one's no. a cow and the other's a bull it's just a yeah. different animal but um i do also enjoy that he gets stuck in the bull's butt yes <laughs> it's so dumb um oh the thing the thing with the where the kid gets briefly possessed oh, yeah. um and iggy comes and like saves the day yet again it's interesting because once the we saw this with oingo and boingo as well like as soon as a villain shifts gears into being comedic foil, which Oingo and Boingo kind of are from the start. Right. Um, is when Iggy suddenly has permission from the right. like from like Araki to just like come in and save the day right. randomly and do his fool thing. Right. Um, it is strange though that they continue to travel with Iggy. <laughs> Wouldn't you just leave him? somewhere i don't know if they could dogs can find their owners but yeah why does he want to be with them he hates them well, I, think I think we find out later when we get like our iggy centric episode i assume okay and then at the very end of the episode we get a teaser for our next villain mariah it's a lady it's a babe she's hot hot babe super hot babe. I, I will defer to elis and darius because their horniness is so much higher for mariah <laughs> well she's just mine. really hot i mean we'll save it for next episode but uh, sure we will yeah. she's great i'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> good thing we're recording next episode in five minutes yeah. so yeah come back to us next week next week is going to be next week is the part one of a two-parter uh, it It'll is... just be me and Darius doing Tex Avery wolf whistles. The yeah. Whole time. Well, and also, <laughs> I, also, I mean, also, there's some delightful Avdol Joseph stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so... we'll and then we'll all just jointly be the spirit of a Fajoshi. Exactly. Yeah. And then I will just be in the corner trying to do media analysis. <laughs> Look. Like, hey, do we, do we want to talk about like? No. Yeah. No, I want to talk about <laughs> how. I want to talk about Mariah's legs. How the one hot lady, her power is for them to be gay with each other instead of... You just want to be her. No, I don't. (laughs) Be a hot lady who makes makes hunk men get together. No, I am a hot lady who makes things happen. happen. I want to date her. She's hot and crazy. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, now you've got something to look forward to next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon, at Stream PDX Mobile Podcast Studio. Thank you to the folks at Stream PDX and Open Signal. Our music is The Freakout Experiment by Tobias Weber. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at explainjojo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to iTunes and leave us the kind of review that Dio would leave for museums. <laughs>